pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 252. Today I'm going to chat with Brayden Langley from Langley Outdoors Academy, discuss a surge of new gun control bills in California, highlight what could be the gun of the future, and talk about the data breach of gun owners' personal information in California. I am your host, Ava Flannell. Brayden, how are you doing today? I'm doing phenomenal. Thank you for having me on. Of course. I'm glad that I was able to track you down and, well, I'm actually, I mean, I'm glad that we have a mutual friend that was able to put us in touch with each other and that I was able to get you on the show. Thanks for that. Before we talk about what it is that you do, I'm going to take a quick break, talk about Smith & Wesson. If you guys are wanting to upgrade your EDC, definitely check out the new Shield Plus and 30 Super Carry. I'm super impressed with the caliber. It's really easy to shoot with very similar energy to 9mm, plus you get 20% more rounds in the magazine. The mags were optimized even more than in the beginning. The flush mag now holds 13 rounds and then the small extended mag now holds 16 rounds, which is pretty incredible for its size. All the Shield Pluses chambered in 30 Super Carry come optic ready with orange ring night sights. The trigger on the Shield Plus is really clean with a great reset and you can get it with or without the thumb safety. MSRP on these is $5.95. If you want to check out more about this, head on over to smith-wesson.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Okay, so Braden, before we start talking about Langley Outdoors Academy, I want to know a little bit about you and how you got into this industry. Yeah, so that's actually, it's it's very similar to almost everything else that you ever hear, right? It's like, well, I didn't mean to do this, but it turned out that I did. (laughs) Yeah, so I actually... My life took a very interesting turn about a decade ago. I started working in a gun range, and to be completely candid, I didn't have another job option. Like mm-hmm. I knew, you know, I had I had the positive influence of the Second Amendment. I had all of the background, but I had never thought about getting into the industry. And it's just funny how circumstances lined up. But I started getting into that, and I really started developing a passion for all different aspects of the industry. And one of the things that I started to notice was people had very basic questions that weren't being addressed, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, what's the difference between a 30 out six and a 308? Wait, it's the same bullet? That doesn't make sense. Well, it is the same projectile, absolutely, but there's different things behind it. You know, should I do a nine mil, a 40 or a 45? Well, that's a whole thing. Let's talk about that. You got an hour? Mm-hmm. And I started training people and I kind of, I kind of started to realize that people are really looking for information. They're really looking for something to get their feet wet without being judged, without coming across, like not knowing what they don't know. And so I started my YouTube channel about six and a half years ago. And it was that content. The first video I ever did was 30 out six versus 308. What's the difference? Hmm. And from there, I started, I started getting into, well, let's explain this caliber and kind of go that road. And before I knew it, I was at a hundred thousand subscribers over a couple of years. And I was doing shooting videos, traditional videos. And then 
when Biden got inaugurated, I said to my audience, I'm going to do a video every day. We're going to, we're in this together. We can make a difference. And so I started addressing some of the fears that were out there around gun control. And the channel went from 100,000 subscribers in three months to about 250,000 subscribers. And then from there on throughout the rest of the summer, it went into 300,000. And right now we're knocking on the door to 400,000. So it's been a really big jump. And, um, and that's how I got started. And that's where I am now. Wow. And do you still put out a video a day? I actually put out two videos a day now. Oh, man. That's crazy. You and Mr. Hootie Who, I have no idea how you guys do it because I know what it takes to put out a video. And it's, you know, I mean, granted, there's a lot of other things that I do. Obviously, my main focus isn't YouTube, but I do know that it takes a lot of work to put out a video. So hats off to you guys. Yeah, it it is. I appreciate that. You know, one creator to another. Um <laughs> It is a lot of work, but I'll be honest with you, it's immensely worth it. The feedback that we've gotten, and with me, I focus on all the politics, what's going on with our gun rights, who's infringing, where we're winning, where we're losing, just the overall trend of the entire fight for our rights. Mm -hmm. And it's extremely rewarding because it matters to people and it's making a difference. We've got a lot of stuff that's happening, which is incredible. Yeah. Well, one thing that really caught my attention is that you discuss politics, which unfortunately, even mm -hmm. people that are in the industry, it kind of bothers me, I have to admit, that... There's a lot of people that will come on my channel and when it comes to the political segment, they're like, oh, we don't talk politics. Like, we're not mm -hmm. going to add our two cents. Like, you can talk about this segment, but we're not going to have any part of it. And I could understand if, you know, you were sitting here and you're like, oh, we're not going to state how we feel about abortions. OK, fine. That doesn't involve guns per se. But if we're talking about something that affects your livelihood and your industry, like why wouldn't you chime into it and why wouldn't you be as vocal as possible? And especially when, you know, you think something, I mean, clearly politics and all the agendas nowadays, they're so screwed up that it's like, how could you not educate people on what's going on? Right. And that's, I'm not going to lie to you. That is an active observation that is very true. So one of the things that I've noticed is there's a big shift going on right now in the, particularly the YouTube side of the gun content. Uh -huh. Originally, it started out as I'm a gun guy. I make videos about guns because I like guns and they're fun. Look, here's a gun. I like it. You like it. Let's be happy together. And quickly after that, YouTube started catching on and things started changing in the industry. And that's really the resistance. It's finding a way to communicate your political viewpoints, finding a way to tie everything together in a way where it's like, th th these people are obviously manipulating these facts and statistics yeah. to get an emotional reaction to mm -hmm. trade up for you to trade off your views and your rights that they are trying to take away. Yeah. And for me, I'm kind of similar to you in that aspect of, okay, it may not be the most fun thing to talk about all the time. It may not be going out to a range and shooting an AR or an AK or having that fun conversation. But this is something that's going to either be passed on to the next generation or it's going to die on our generation. Mm -hmm. And personally, that's not an option for me. Yeah, I've got children that are going to get the exact same rights that I got. I have a history of people who have laid down their blood, sweat, tears and hard work and ethic to fight for the same right. And in my perspective, that trumps all the discomfort. Mm -hmm. This is our time. The battle has been handed to us. We have the torch. And if you drop it, it's on you. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And if nothing else, like even if politics isn't really your thing, which I can understand, at least in every one of your videos, you know, point out where people can go to get 
you know, questions answered, such as mm-hmm. your channel or, hey, you know, if you guys want to donate to Gun Owners of America or Firearms Policy Coalition, here's where you can find it. And, you know, if you don't want to put in the footwork, there's organizations that will something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely frustrating. Changing it up a little bit. Let's talk about the name Langley Outdoors Academy. So do you guys own like a gun store or anything like that? <laughs> that's-, <laughs> that's actually one of the no, no, that is such a good question. So that's actually one of the funnier parts. One of the things I'm still contemplating, to be honest, about my brand awareness is I started out as Langley Firearms Academy. My YouTube channel was originally Langley Firearms Academy. Uh-huh. And I discovered very quickly that YouTube doesn't like anything with the word firearm or gun in it. Yeah. And so I decided, well, I can still have gun content because at the time I was still actively showing videos of guns and guns going off and shooting targets and showing all these things. And I said, well, I can call it Langley Outdoors Academy, still have the guns and avoid the YouTube police. And from there it worked. But then I started doing political content and then you get the obvious comment of what do you do outdoors? And I was like, that is extremely, <laughs> extremely valid. So, so it's one of those things where it took off so quick and so fast that I was like, well, I can't change it now. And, and so now I am Langley Outdoors Academy, who is never outdoors, who doesn't want to shoot guns on his channel. But damn it, I will hold your attention with some political conversation. That's pretty funny. I mean, you could maybe throw in like a fishing trip or something like Carrie Am. Right. <laughs> right. Like, see, proof, guys, I do yeah. go outside. Yeah. No okay. Yeah. I'll admit I've just been so busy this month that, well, this month, it's July 1st now when this show was recorded, but last month's previous last month. So when our mutual friend was like, yeah, you know, if you need a guest, like this guy is just, you know, he's killing it lately. And I looked you up and, you know, I I did it like quickly. And really what grabbed my Mm -hmm. attention was I was like, this guy talks about politics. Awesome. Let's get him on. I don't care if there's anything else that he does. But then, you know, with the name, I was like, okay, well maybe he owns like a gun store (laughs) and, you know, he's talking about politics on the side, which would be really cool. But I mean, that makes sense. Like you're still killing it and kudos to you, even if you aren't outdoors. (laughs) Yeah, I I will address that. There are plans in the pipeline to dispel that confusion, but but you're absolutely correct. Excellent observation. Yeah. What about training? Is, are you a, a firearms instructor at all? I still am an active firearms instructor, but that's not on the channel. Like if someone that I know is like, Hey, I want to learn how to do this, or I'm looking to get into this, I will dive into that realm, but it's not something I do professionally anymore just because YouTube is my full-time gig. That's my whole job. So it's like, I have to spend so much time prepping the episodes, keeping my ear to the ground, figuring out what's going on to Mm -hmm. get the information out so we can affect change because, and I'm I'm not sure if we're going to go into it, but there's so many examples of just in the last 12 months where the attention to the detail, the attention to the movement has actually borne fruit. And it's crazy. It's mm-hmm. insane. I absolutely agree. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get into that, uh, I'm going to talk about primary arms real quick. Mm-hmm. 
Primary Arms has their brand new SLX 3X Micro Prism with the ACSS Raptor in stock right now, both for 556-308 and 762-39 and 300 Blackout. It's just like their super popular 1X version, but brand new this year with the 3X Zoom. It's received the Industry Choice Award for Red Dot of the Year this year, and it's one you definitely want to get. They're fantastic on an AR or any other gun built extremely rugged. It's a prism, so you always have a reticle, but it has 13 illumination settings and auto live, so the battery lasts for at least 29,000 hours, which is pretty incredible. The etched reticle makes it a great option if you have astigmatism. They also have a full 80 MOA of adjustment, so you can zero them for just about anything. Check this out at primaryarms.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY. The code has now changed. It's no longer AVA. It's GUNFUNNY, all one word. And instead of getting a free one-piece scope mount, this time you're going to be getting a cleaning kit with every Primary Arms optic that you buy. And again, that is primaryarms.com. Braden, let's talk about politics. There's actually so much that's been going on. I mean, just this past week, it's been a hell of a week. And I almost have to wonder, uh-huh. like, how do you even keep up with everything? Because... You know, I mean, everyone wants to be like the first one to put stuff out. And as I follow and as my editor follows, you know, we put stuff out on social media. But I mean, even then, it's crazy. And then I also have to say, I mean, for us having a liberal president, there actually has been quite a bit that's been covered that's Mm -hmm. been sort of a win for us. I mean, almost you could argue more so than when Trump was president. Oh, not that you could argue. That is the truth. Yeah. So one of the a little bit of backstory on this. One of the funny things about my channel is when Biden was first inaugurated, I kind of got the rap on my channel when I was talking about politics that I was the positive one. Mm-hmm. Like I even had people in my comments field saying I'm selling opium, and I'm like, well, that's weird because I'm not selling anything. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> you're consuming something for free, so I don't know how I'm selling that. But right. anyway, it was something that I observed and I looked around because one of the things that I've just been a a skill that I've had my whole life is I can easily separate out the emotional response to Mm -hmm. the objective response. It's Mm -hmm. just something that I've always been good at. And when I looked around, I said, you know, actually guys, yeah, Biden might be inaugurated, but it's a 50, 50 in the Senate. You still have a filibuster of 60 that they have to get over. You've got the Supreme court, which is conservative leaning six to three. Mm -hmm. You have, all of these different things, the state legislatures went significantly red in that same election. We actually are in a much better place than, than we think we are. Mm-hmm. And that was a consistent message I delivered. And one of the taglines that I'm always saying is we're going to pass the blessing of the Second Amendment along to the next generation by doing these things, by following these things. And earlier on, it started with defending and holding the line. Like, for example, immediately the left does what the left always does. They over they started to overextend and they started to overshoot their landing, their landing gear. And they started to come out and say, well, we're going to ban AR, ban ARs, we're going to ban mags, we're going to do all these things. Finally, common sense gun control. And they put out officially, like I mean, there was like 10 to 15 bills they put out, which was just a bunch of Congress people trying to get their name on something. Mm-hmm. And then they started putting out something, and a lot of co-signers signed on, and everyone dove on to this HR8 and HR1446. So they went after. Um, background checks. They wanted universal background checks. Now, the dirty little secret about universal background checks is that creates a de facto registry. So they're not going to say we're creating a registry. They're going to say, well, we're, we're doing universal background checks. 
Well, the only way you can do a universal background check is to know where every single gun is. That's the only way it's possible. Mm -hmm. And we started talking about that and that got stuffed in the Senate. The filibuster held through. It passed the House of Flying Colors. Chuck Schumer gets up there, starts pounding his chest and says that, you know, they're the virtuous ones and they're going to hold a vote. The vote is what we need. This will be a vote, unlike Mitch McConnell, threw all the dirt he could and then never held a vote on it. Well, he never held a vote on it because he didn't have the votes for it, right? And the, the dirty little secret on the Democratic side is a lot of Democrats own guns. I'm never going to ostracize somebody because they have a D or an R behind their name or who they voted for. The fact is, we're all Americans. Yes, there's the far left. Yes, there's also the far right. There's a far in any political spectrum. Mm -hmm. But the fact that so many Democrats, like Joe Tester in Montana, like Manchin in West Virginia, so many of them have a significant portion of the constituency that are gun owners, and that's a very important thing to them. They weren't going to cross them. Right. And that'll and we'll talk about the Senate deal that just passed in a second. But I mean, that's the big thing. And then so that from there we held that line. And then all of a sudden states got real pissed and they started putting out constitutional carry. And we got the 25 constitutional carry states before June of this year. I mean, before, almost, but I think it was actually the final one was before May. I think it was the end of April. And so we're at half the states. We're at 50 percent of states that are constitutional carry. At the beginning of Biden's term, we were at like, I think, 13, 15, 17, something like that. So just on the state level alone, we've had incredible gains. We've held the line on the federal. We've done incredible stuff on the state level. And now you've got SCOTUS coming down and just tearing asunder all these gun control wet dreams that are just now out the window. And it's all because we fought. Mm -hmm. It's because we had the belief that we could and we did. Yeah, it's definitely pretty incredible. It's actually, it's, I never would have actually thought, like even in my time. So right now, isn't it, it's like 24 states now have constitutional carry? No, 25. It's 25. Okay. I thought it was, mm -hmm. in, it was, was it Indiana that just jumped on that? Indiana jumped on, Ohio jumped on, Georgia jumped on, Alabama jumped on, Nebraska fumbled on the, on the uh, five yard line. And pending is Louisiana, Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. So that's something that I definitely would not have thought that I'd see in my lifetime. I mean, if anything, you think it would go the other direction because that just seems to be the common trend within, you know, with recent years. And even I almost hate to bring up Roe versus Wade, but even that mm -hmm. just is kind of mind boggling. And I mean, well, I'm not going to get into whether people agree no. with abortion or not, because that's not something that, you know, but it's just one of those things where I'm like. It's, I'm like, what's going on over there? You know, I mean, there's definitely right. been, there's been, I don't know. It's definitely kind of crazy. Well, so the interesting thing about that is all of these things are completely linked, right? So yes, we had amazing gun rights movements that are happening. Yeah, we had some incredible SCOTUS decisions that came down around the Second Amendment and the Bruin decision. That was incredible. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that in a second. But even the abortion thing with the Roe v. Wade, the thing that those have together, again, not getting into the politics of it, but the things that those two decisions had in common was they pushed everything to the responsibility of the state. Mm -hmm. In Bruin, Bruin came out and they said, hey, states, while you have the ability to license, and Kavanaugh came through and said in that opinion, yes, states have the ability to put licensing requirements on individuals. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and it's you agree or don't agree, that's beside the point. I'm just saying specifically that's what they said. Mm -hmm. However, Thomas, in that same concurring or in the main opinion, said 
well, yes, they can do that, but they can't decide from a random perspective from a, a bureaucrat or a politician who gets what. You can't you can't dole out who gets their rights and who doesn't get their rights based on your political preferences. That's all that the Bruins uh, message said from a standpoint of New York. They went a little bit further and they changed. And this is actually the most important part. They changed the way that the other courts below them. So the rest of the courts in the United States have to determine gun legislation and gun laws. And that is going to be a Pandora's box for the left across the board, because everything that they've had established over the last 10 to 15 years has to now be relitigated under a different understanding, which is actually a simpler, more direct understanding to the Second Amendment in text and history, which is a tremendously important deal. But then even on Roe v. Wade, they literally said this isn't in the Constitution. The Supreme Court can't rule on it. It has to go to the state. That's in the Tenth Amendment. Mm -hmm. That's all they did. They didn't mm -hmm. say yay or nay. They literally said the states have to decide, yeah. which is 100% constitutional. Mm -hmm. And the common thread there is both of those things are at a state level, not a overbloated federal level. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think is great. I think that government should be more at a local level than federal, in my opinion. No, I, I completely agree because you can't make a federal decision for everyone across the nation when mm -hmm. we are so when so diverse. Yep. We have different regions. We have different backgrounds. We have different cultures. There's so much that goes into our system mm -hmm. that you can't just ignore it. Yeah. That's why states exist. Yeah. The federal government, because the left looks at the federal government and says centralized power. That's why they don't like the states deciding because states can go against what they desire. Mm hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Let's talk about some of the stuff that's been happening recently. California aside, because I'm going to be talking about that during the political segment and then kind of what's going mm -hmm. on with New York. But aside from that, what have you been seeing that you think listeners should be aware of? Right now is an incredible time to, to, to turn on the awareness, <laughs> 100%. Because as I alluded to a second ago, the Bruin decision came down and changed everything across the board. So every single gun control law that is pending in that system mm -hmm. now has to be really relitigated. In fact, uh, yesterday, the Supreme Court sent back like AR bans, MAG bans, all sorts of bans that liberal states have put in place that have been upheld by the Ninth Circuit. They said, hey, you have to go back and relitigate this through my new interpretation. So that is going to be happening. You've got the EPA ruling that just came down yesterday from the Supreme Court, which said bureaucracies from the executive branch cannot interpret rules to make more laws. They have to let Congress make the laws. Well, translation for our world, that means the ATF can't magically determine what a pistol brace is and what is not a pistol brace. Mm -hmm. All of these things that the ATF has been doing outside of their purview and making law and basically jamming things in between Congress's words and their legislation, they can't do anymore. So you're talking about on a federal level, a withering down of power and on the state level, an increasing level of power. You've got constitutional carry movements that are going across the United States as crime rises, as police departments are defunded. Mm -hmm. People are taking their own power into their own hands. That's what's happening. When Biden first got inaugurated, you had 20 million guns, 40% of them were first-time gun buyers, and a large chunk of those were female and minority. That's never happened before. We're in a shift of dynamic proportions that has no one has seen in the gun world in at least 25 years. Turn, turn it on. Get on our channel. Do your own research. Know what's happening because this is the time you're going to remember. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Maybe kind of a stupid question on my end, but as far as like the state level for 
all these states that now have to go back and readjust, okay, mag capacity bans, AR assault rifle bans, or, you know, any of that stuff. What does this mean for states that there's restrictions on? So it's still pending. So you're not going to fully know what the outcome will be. Now I'll Mm -hmm. tell you what the potential could be. So if you've got an AR ban in the state like California, or let's just say New York, they both have them. Mm -hmm. If you have something that is being litigated in a, like in California's example, you have an AR ban that was overruled by one of the, uh, Judge Benitez in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And then it went to the circuit level court and said, uh, no, we're going to keep that in place while we further determine this. Well, because that's pending, they have to relitigate the entire thing with more information. So what happened is the pro 2A argument just got more litigation, more evidence, more case to dive into that, which could unturn the entire thing. Now, if you've got a state, like, for example, New York just increased the rights to own a gun in the state from 18 to 21. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's the same thing. You can't look at what you want, what they called means in testing and a two, basically a two-step testing process to see if the violated the rights were violated. Now they have to do one test. You literally have to look at the Supreme Court order. You have to look at history and text. That's what you have to look at. And then precedent. All of those things tend and go straight towards every single American adult has these rights. You can't just say, well, for the public good, or because these kids are impulsive, you can't have these rights. Now, if you can go to war, if you can vote, you can have all the rights. Mm -hmm. And Thomas even said in that opinion, there is no other right that you put qualifications on like you're attempting to do the Second Amendment. And that's why they're revoked. So this has like earthquake possible effect here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm going to take a quick break. Talk about Mantis. If you guys want to save money practicing with your AR and step up your dry fire game, definitely check out the Blackbeard from Mantis. The Blackbeard is an auto resetting trigger system for the AR-15 so that you can dry fire without having to form the habit of racking the charging handle back every shot, which let's face it, even if you're not going to form that habit, it's still just annoying to do so. It has a drop-in bolt carrier and charging handle that contains a laser so that you can see your shot. And instead of a magazine, you have a red battery pack that connects to the bolt carrier group and they're all red so that you're not going to confuse the real thing with the fake thing, vice versa. One of the best things about it is it doesn't change your trigger so that you can train with the trigger that's in your AR. It also resets the trigger fast enough for 10 shots per second. So you can do it pretty quick. If you'd like to check more out about this, I just dropped a YouTube video uh, using the Blackbeard system, or you can go online at mantisx.com and purchase this from their website or any local dealer. And again, that is mantisx.com. So I think the only thing that kind of sucks about the situation is now it's going to have to, I mean, granted it gained us some time, but it's still not changing things immediately. These states like California, I mean, they still, it's not like they can go out today and and buy, you know, a magazine that's 30 rounds or an AR-15. And who knows how long it's going to take before the final ruling on this comes about. Yeah. And that's, and that's just brutal reality. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, I mean not, that's, not the that's obviously with any legal, like any legalities, right. right? The, and that's the, the best way that I could paint this analogy is they were walking through the desert and they had, they didn't see an oasis. They didn't have water in their, in their uh, 
canteen was running dry and all mm-hmm. of a sudden they just saw an oasis on the they have something to go for yeah and legitimately when they redo these things they can drag their feet but from everything that i've heard and again this is just this is hearsay i'm gonna be flat out and say it i can't i don't have a source for this but i can say it's it's probably more a matter of weeks and months than years that's that's what i've understood so far Hmm, very nice. And then how do you keep up to date with everything that's going on in the political realm? A few different ways. One, I I have some sources and I have I'm we're kind of plugged into a lot of other gun news channels and we're all friends and we text and we have joint communication. So there's a really good network that kind of shares information in that way. But what I personally like to do is I like to hear things of that nature and I like to verify them. So some going back to something that you said earlier in the interview is I don't care if I'm first one out, I want to be the best one out. Mm-hmm. And for me, that includes having multiple sources in every single video, having it linkable and clickable. So anybody that has questions to where I'm referencing, it's down there. I think that is significantly more powerful, especially when I use mainstream sources to, to back it up Yeah. versus, hey, I've got a little birdie that said this, that this is going down, so be ready. And mm-hmm. then either it doesn't come to fruition or it's different. I, I just personally... I don't go with that model. Yeah. And then I'll I'll literally just watch what the left is doing. And I really like analyzing what their messaging is because the left operates on a hive mind mentality, particularly around their key issues. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to gun rights, you can tell directly what they're thinking and where they're going based off of what the media is saying across different media outlets, because there's clearly talking points that are going out from somewhere mm-hmm. because they all share a common direction. They may use different words, but they start to use similar keywords. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, they'll use health crisis, gun violence epidemic, and then you'll see it across the board everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, when that doesn't work, then they'll shift over to the gun violence problem or whatever it would be, safety, public safety, whatever the topic is. But they did this consistently, and that's one of the things that I try to really notice in what they're talking to. Because the mainstream media, they talk to people. They know who are they're voting on the Democratic side, typically. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to keep that messaging consistent, and I'm not calling attention to that. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Let's say something hits the news, and you have to do a ton of research. I know, like my friend Colian Noir, sometimes I'll reach out to him and he's like, I can't talk right now. I have to research this, figure out what I'm going to say in the video. And he's referencing his sources to make sure that they all correlate with what he's about to say. Do you ever just like pull all nighters? Cause you're like, okay, I need to do more research and make sure that, you know, this information is true. And then also kind of prepare yourself as to the statement that you're going to put out in your next YouTube video. Uh, so yes and no, that's a very good question. I'm very similar to cool down. So I have to verify everything because when you get to a certain point of a certain point of influence, when you put out something and it's wrong, you're doing more damage to our movement than you would if you hadn't done anything. Yeah. And so it's incredibly important to get the message correct. And I'll spend a lot of time researching. And if I've got an article from like say CNN or MSNBC or something of that nature, or a clip from Mika Brzezinski on the morning Joe, those are pretty generic. I can say if those were wrong, I can say, hey, this is what I based this on. It turns out they were wrong and I'm just correcting the record because they corrected their story and I don't want bad things out there. Mm-hmm. And that kind of that kind of goes along the same vibe of I don't want to put out, hey, a little birdie told me this. I just turned on my live camera. So let's make this happen. 
from a standpoint of checking and making sure, yeah, I always validate the most that I possibly can. I wouldn't say it's all nighters, but sometimes it does take me two or three hours to verify something if it's brand new mm -hmm. and then I'll go with it, but I won't actually launch or record anything until it's actually validated and verified. That makes sense. Um, but from a standpoint of actually what I'm going to say in the video, I never do that. Everything in my videos is non-scripted. Mm -hmm. I have bullet points that I'm showing the people on screen and saying, hey, this is what they've said. And then from there, I'll respond to what they said. And I just, I respond better when I don't script it out. Mm -hmm. And so that, that part is actually quicker because I don't have to go down that checklist of what I'm saying. Yeah. That makes sense. I know when I record videos, I, so I recently got a new cameraman and he's like, okay, so you're going to walk here. You'll turn around, you'll do this. And I'm just like, no, dude, press record. We got this and just kind of go with it. <laughs> Cause I've noticed that if I have a plan, there's too much in my mind. Actually, I just, last week I just recorded with federal premium ammunition and there was bullet points that I had to come up with. And I had taken some notes and I was just like, I can't look at my notes because it's just, it's messing me up too much. So that makes perfect sense. When it comes to the podcast, mm -hmm. however, then it's a totally different story. But that's just because I need to make sure that I'm staying on track and, you know, hitting all, all the key points, key questions and adding the sponsors in there. Okay. Before we move on with the rest of the show, I know a lot of my listeners would probably love to follow you on YouTube. And if you're on any other forms of social media, where can they find you? Yeah, so my YouTube channel is called Langley Outdoors Academy on YouTube. It's the only place where you can get political 2A news, indoors only. <laughs> and then on my Instagram is Langley Outdoors. And Instagram is more, you're just kind of following me and what I'm doing. I'll put out content of, hey, this video is dropping and I'll do shorts on my YouTube channel. But the biggest thing that you could do to help would be the YouTube channel, Langley Outdoors Academy. And then from there, we got it. Okay, awesome. Oh, I just followed you on Instagram and I'll definitely follow you on YouTube. And I think also, I mean, I'm sure you hear this a lot, but I think that the way that you explain things is really helpful because especially I think that's also why a lot of people deter from politics because it's just something that they're like, oh, it's kind of over my head. It definitely helps when you have somebody that's like breaking everything down, sort of not to say that we're like dumb, but, you know, it's one of those things where when I worked for the New York Yankees, I worked in the legal department. And I'd have to proofread legal contracts and just the legal verbiage is just like, uh, can they just talk normal? <laughs> right. So that, that's exactly right. Yeah. So I think that that helps for the average person. Um, I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. But it, and the one thing just to just to kind of throw something in there really quickly it's not about necessarily intelligence or not intelligence. Or do you understand what I'm saying? What I'm not, do you not understand what I'm saying? I think one of the things that's so crucial is just meeting people where they're at. Yeah. I mean, if, if someone, and I do hear this when I meet people in, you know, in real life, in a three-dimensional world, one of the things that people will say is I like the way you explain it and it, it's quick, it's short. You don't get overcomplicated. You don't put too much emotion into it. You bring it as it is. Mm -hmm. And I can see the point. And I think that's one of the reasons that people shy away from the production of political content is because their own emotions will get in the way of delivering that message. And while the emotions are incredibly important and essential, because it's what drives you, right? Mm -hmm. it, it can also be a detriment because it can cloud what your message is trying to deliver. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's the reason I don't script anything. That's one of the reasons like sometimes I will get emotive, like when the California leaked all the gun owner stuff, I got, I got. I did get emotional, but I'll always say there's a spicy warning because I'm having trouble controlling this. Mm -hmm. But that's a big piece. It's meeting people where they're at. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. All right, moving forward. Caldwell. 
if you guys are wanting to shoot long range, one of the things that you need to know is your muzzle velocity. It's truly critical data point for your dope to know your muzzle velocity at different temperatures. Caldwell has several different chronographs to measure your muzzle velocity accurately. They have several versions, starting with the ballistic precision chronograph for $114, which has a plus or minus of uh, 0.25% accuracy and can connect to a smartphone with a cable to collect your data. The premium version includes a tripod, carry bag, and power accessories for an extra $169. Then the ballistic precision G2 chronograph is even better. It's inverted to be more immune to bright light distortion. It comes with a more robust tripod and it's factory calibrated to ensure that 0.25% accuracy. So definitely check these out, caldwellshooting.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY10, all word, and that is going to get you 10% off your entire order. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Today in politics, California doubles down on gun control. After last week's SCOTUS victory on concealed carry, California is all in on new gun control measures. In spite of the California Attorney General announcing that, quote, good cause is no longer needed for concealed carry permit, lawmakers in California refuse to stop infringing on the Second Amendment. Several new bills are moving forward in the state, and this is a preview of what we're likely to see in other states where the, quote, good cause requirement was just thrown out. Other than parts of New York where some law enforcement are refusing to follow the SCOTUS decision, there are several bills actively moving forward in California. Senate Bill 505 would make a person who owns a firearm strictly liable for any incident of property damage, injury, or death resulting from the use of their firearm and require all firearm owners to carry insurance that would cover it. And Brayden, if you want to jump in at any time, just let me know. Yeah, no, I've any point that you want, we can we can dive into anything of these <laughs> because that one right there, that one's just that one's asinine. Yeah, I know. And then to say that they need to carry insurance that would cover it, like, well, the the thing that's, and I mean, again, going back to controlling that emotion piece, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that's silly, I'll, I'll say that that's a nice word. The thing that is silly about the left's need to virtue signal and gain political points by infringing upon the Second Amendment that are clearly unconstitutional, Yeah, it becomes almost a game and laughable because you know 100% that that's not going to pass. And if it does pass, it's going to be struck down immediately. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I know that is because San Jose, the city in California, the first in the nation, it was lauded to do mandated insurance for gun owners. It's already in incredibly bad shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had... FPC, the Firearms Policy Coalition, jumped on that immediately. The judges started responding very quickly. You had tax organizations inside the city of San Jose saying, this is a tax. You cannot increase a tax without running it by us first. This is not something that you can just do. You also can't mandate insurance for a constitutional right. That's kind of like mandating insurance to make sure someone's feelings don't get hurt when you tell them the truth. Exactly. You know, like you can't do these things and you know, you can't do these things. Mm -hmm. And so what it turns into is cheap political points, which is extremely popular on the left because there's no consequence in places like California or New York or Washington state, because they say, Oh, look, they're fighting the good fight. That's okay. It's not unconstitutional. They did it. You know, and it's like, it gets to the point where it's, 
like I said, it's laughable because the mandated insurance thing is already failing in San Jose. So why would you do it statewide? Yeah, I know. SB 918 is being directly crafted to defy the SCOTUS ruling and ban concealed carry in just about all public places. New York is trying to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one's not happening either. Yeah, I know. Assembly Bill 1227 would place an excise tax of 10% on all handgun sales and an 11% tax on all long guns, firearms, parts, and ammunition. Now, that one actually has a potential of sticking. And the only reason why is because the legislature has the ability to increase taxes. Hmm. Interesting. Now, whether you get into the state of can you tax a constitutional right? Well, now we have a different problem. Right. So so you're getting into different little worlds of, well, we're going to put a tax on this item. Well, that's within your purview. OK, you can raise taxes. That makes sense on a state level. Mm-hmm. However, can you tax a Second Amendment right that would infringe and ultimately cut out people from their rights? Yeah. Oh, well, now you have a case. Yeah. So in the situation of mandating insurance, that's a non-starter. But in the case of raising a tax to the point where it infringes upon rights with the with the intent purpose to defraud someone of their rights, well, now you're going to get, you're going to be in court on that one. Yeah. So it's balancing this fine line of guys, what are we doing? (laughs) Like at a certain point, let's at least be realistic. Mm -hmm. And we're not at the point yet where there's consequences for infringing this hard. Like there's not financial consequences. Like it doesn't sting to step outside of the bounds of rationality in order to achieve political points. Like one of the big things in the Senate case, like the Senate bill that just passed with the red flag laws, they didn't actually pass red flag laws. They passed funding for red flag laws. And one of the things in there, one of the requirements for states to even access this money was they had to have a penalty system. You had to penalize anybody who made one up. It was, if it was fake, you're getting a penalty. And they have to see some sort of penalty to get that money. And ironically, all the states that already have red flag laws, they go beyond the scope of the federal money requirements. So they're not getting any of that money for the red flag law. Interesting. And it's hilarious. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And that, and it puts them in a position where it's like, okay, New York or California, do you guys want the $750 million? Well, yes, we do. We would love the $750 million to fight the scourge of gun violence. Oh, okay. Well, you're going to have to add some due process and you're going to have to restrict your gun violence restraining orders and add penalties for anybody who comes forward. Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't want $750 million anymore. <laughs> it's, we'll just tax some more people. We don't need the money that bad. Yeah. And it's just, it's, I, I find comedy in that. Yeah. AB 2870 would expand California's red flag law to allow faith leaders, roommates, dating partners, and more distant family members up to fourth remove to call for a red flag order. Mm-hmm. That one actually has, that one's actually a very interesting, and sorry if I'm jumping into too many of these. No, I think it's, I think it's great. So that one particularly That's an interesting case. And the reason why it's so interesting is, again, going back to what I look at is I look at trends, right? I look at the trends that the left will do. And we always say on the right, this is a slippery slope. This is a slippery slope. But you you don't hear very often, hey, remember when we said it was a slippery slope? Well, here's the exact path where it's a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. And in California particularly, there's a guy named Ted Lieu. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's his name. Ted Lieu is all about the red flag laws. He is Mr. Red Flag Law. And when they put it in, the gun violence restraining order originally was police officers. 
and direct family members. Well, a year later, they put in, hey, you know what? But dating partners. And then a year later, it's like, but teachers know too. And maybe some psychiatrists. And they kept on adding people that could initiate red flag laws over a four-year period. Because these are relatively new laws. Mm -hmm. And then once they got to that point, red flag gun violence restraining order initiation went from about 100 a year to about 1,200 to 3,000 a year. I don't remember the exact number, but there was an exponential increase the more and more people they put into the fold who could initiate them. That's obviously going to happen, but when you actually look at the numbers, you look what they've done and you look at the trend, this is obviously part of a scheme and that's just the next step. Hey, let's put it out even further. Let's put it out even further. Hey, you remember your teacher in high school? Well, it's been 20 years since you knew them, but they did know you. That's a teacher, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense, huh? SB 915 bans the sale of firearms, firearms parts, or ammo on property owned, operated, et cetera, by the state. Yeah, that that's something they've, they've been doing that for a while. They started doing it on uh, state-owned fairgrounds, like gun shows and stuff. That's mm-hmm. been something they've been doing for a while. SB 1327 creates a right for individuals to file civil suits against anyone who manufactures, distributes, transports, sells, or imports firearms banned in California, including parts of them which they already have legal remedies for. Yeah, that one, that's one of those things where they're just adding civil like civil lawsuits. Mm-hmm. So kind of going back to one of the things that you said earlier, those the things that are already restricted in California, there's already penalties in place for anyone who would violate those rules. So now they're just adding a civil level. Going back to one of the ones that you read earlier about being able to sue any gun owner if their gun leads to any kind of bad outcome. Mm-hmm. That's just a localized level of the PLCAA, which is the, Prival, the Privacy and Lawful Commerce Act. So Biden has been saying forever, we should get rid of these um, these protections for gun manufacturers on a federal level. That's the PLCAA. They've been trying to do that for decades now. And California is just picking it up. And the big problem with that is it's got, I mean, you can't be held liable for something that you didn't do. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like, I don't know. It, it's, it's a very slippery slope again. Yeah. SB 1384 requires all licensed firearm dealers to have digital video surveillance systems or specific standards and liability insurance coverage of at least $1 million. Yeah. You're going to mandate someone's livelihood and spend all their money because they have a constitutional right. Are you going to do the same thing for free speech? Are you going to do the same thing for, you know, search and seizure, which you already stepped all over because of the red flag laws? (laughs) Like, There's lots of things that are going that are just silly, that are going to be eventually seen in the courts a lot more often. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a good example. And then in addition to the bills in the legislature, the attorney general has issued a directive to permit users in the state that the SCOTUS decision does not affect other statutory requirements, including the applicant is of, quote, good moral character, end quote, and goes on to illustrate a number of ways they can justify denying the permit. Yeah, that kind of stuff. You're you're looking at the people who have had complete control losing control. Yeah. That that's what that is. It's yeah. They're they're trying to find out ways of which to offer control across the board where they had they had it before but they now do not. Mm-hmm. So like for example, the the declaration of sensitive places which California is doing, which excuse me, New York is doing and California is also trying to do. 
they're going down the route of sensitive places, which is ironic because in the actual decision from Bruin that Thomas wrote, he specifically said, you cannot make an entire place a sensitive place. Like he used the example for Manhattan. He said, just because you want to call New York a sensitive place because of a lot of people, that doesn't mean there's a history or precedent of such people, of such sensitive place. Yeah. And you can't, it literally says you cannot do that. So they're going down the road of, well, we're going to defy it, but not quite defy it, but kind of defy it. And Thomas was smart. He literally said, this is what you can't do. If you didn't leave any gray area. Mm -hmm. I look forward to seeing how that's responded to. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that everyone in California should just contact their representatives and talk about this? 100%. Like, what would you, what would you recommend that people do? People need to be politically active. So if you're in California, a lot of times people will feel defeated because they're in California. Like sometimes in Illinois, people feel defeated, New York. And I get it. I completely get it. You're behind enemy lines in this case. And every single thing that you do matters more than you possibly know. Because if you can have an articulate argument mm -hmm. and you're based in the Second Amendment and you're based in the Constitution of the United States and you are affirmed by SCOTUS decisions and you can speak to those SCOTUS decisions, and you can speak to the statistics. All of these things is what we've talked about on our channel. These are the things that make the difference because people in the room who are independents, people in the, who, who, in the room who are not zealots, they will go, you actually have a point. Like, take that into a different perspective. What if you were talking about these exact same restrictions on an amendment you care about? Yeah. Like, what if it was the First Amendment? Well, you wouldn't be okay with that because a lot of people re react very poorly to corporations stifling speech, to government stifling speech. Well, imagine that same thing. It's, it's just a different amendment. Mm -hmm. And that's something, if you live in California or New York, you're not alone. You are nationwide supported by a vast majority of people. You've got to get active. Even if you feel like it's not making a difference, you're, sub you're doing more than you think you can. If you don't want to do that, do a YouTube channel. Take my clips from my YouTube channel and comment on those. Mm -hmm. You can take clips from a podcast that you're listening to. There's always something that you can do. It's just a matter of doing it. Yeah, I completely agree. Would you say that them writing letters to representatives would be best or calling or what do you think has the most significance? All of the above. Okay. So one of the things that GOA will do or the NRA will do, they have form letters. Yeah. You literally, you can download the form letter in a PDF, you can sign it with your initial and you can send it straight off. Gun Owners of America, they have a form that you literally put your name into it, you sign it with your signature and they send it to your representative and you don't have to look for who it is. Mm -hmm. All of those things exist. Picking up the phone, and I say this on my channel a lot, picking up the phone and waiting for eight minutes and being polite and respectful is a lot easier than people who literally died for the rights of which we are exhibiting. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make it cheapen any of the sacrifices. I'm not trying to make it overcomplicated, but legitimately that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about an inconvenience. We're talking about our turn. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's a, that's a big thing. That's a responsibility. I mean, I, I get choked up when I think about that kind of stuff because with we succeed and we protect our rights against what has happened in every single organized government since the history of time. And we pass the rights that are protected down to our children. We did our job. Mm -hmm. It's now theirs. Yep. And if we train them and raise them right, they'll do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Moving forward, Franklin Armory.
Binary mode is one of the funnest ways to shoot. If you haven't tried it, you definitely need to check it out. Franklin Armory has a binary for so many guns now, including the Ruger PC Charger and Carbine. It works on most of the 9mm and 40 cal PC Carbine housings, which one of these, especially suppressed, is going to be a ton of fun. Just like the other binary triggers, if you pull the trigger, it's going to fire a round. When you release that trigger, it's going to fire another round. If you decide that you want to cancel that shot, all you have to do is flip it off binary mode into the safe mode. Or if you're just not in the mood to shoot binary, which I don't know why you wouldn't, but let's say you're low on ammo, you could always switch it to the semi mode and then you're just shooting uh, semi-auto, which is one round per press of the trigger. It's one of those things where why wouldn't you have it in your gun when you have best of both worlds? You can head on over to franklinarmory.com, use the code AVA, that's A-V-A, and you're going to get 10% off your entire order. Today's Q&A is, did you hear the lawyers who argued the New York carry case at SCOTUS were fired? Which, isn't this ridiculous? Most lawyers, if they win a case, they usually get congratulated, but in this case, Paul Clement and Aaron Murphy, who represented the New York Rifle and Pistol Association, were forced out of their law firm after winning the case. They were given the ultimatum, either withdraw from representing them or leave the firm. Thankfully, they refused to abandon their clients and they left their firm to start their own, which good for them. But I cannot believe that. I can't. I mean, yeah, I I'll guess I can. I'll be, I'll be I honest can, with you. I, I can too, but I mean, it's just I how ridiculous, <laughs> you know? I, I completely see your point. So this is the thing that that's so important to understand. There's distinctions. I, I, I mentioned it earlier on in this conversation. There's distinctions between Democrats, Republicans, lefties, and righties, right? You, got, you can go across the political spectrum, whatever you want to do. But the ones that are on the absolute far left of this argument, they are zealots. Mm-hmm. And they are going to have their way. They are more intelligent than you. You are a, a uneducated rube and you are ancient and you think we need weapons. And the new age society, we don't need them. So therefore, you're stupid and there's no conversation. And that's what you're seeing on display. When you get in that kind of echo chamber, especially in the highly educated and the wealthy in New York City, you're going to be ostracized because you are obviously an outlier. It's very easy to pick on an outlier. It's not easy to pick on a whole population. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't surprise me that they got fired or forced out of their law yeah. firm. The risk that they ran was they knew they were going to do that. The benefit is they are now part of, and they litigated in history, the second most dynamic and important decision of a landmark nature for the Second Amendment in the past 50 years. Yeah. They will forever be in the record books for in the history books for defending the second amendment and bringing down a decision that reinforced Heller and McDonald on an epic level that will unravel gun control in time nationwide. Yeah. And you know, that's a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It is, but they knew it. Yeah. I mean, There's it's no just, way they didn't know it's it. just so screwed up because the law firm Kirkland and Ellis, they took this case on years ago. So they approved it. They approved the representation. And then, I mean, obviously. Well, they, the well yeah. Everyone's going to take that money, yeah. Yeah, especially especially if you think that they're not going to win. Because yeah. a couple of years ago, there was no SCOTUS that was leading conservative, was there? That's true. So, yeah, we'll take that money. Yeah, those oh, these litigating firms. Oh, we're going to need a lot of those billable hours. Wait a minute. Hold on. There's a conservative. Oh, man, we're already in it. Mm-hmm. That's not good. 
And so then they started putting pressure on the individual lawyers. They forced them out after they lost because they had to save face. Mm -hmm. And, and you know what, those lawyers are going to be more successful and they're going to have a bigger firm than the original because they now have a name to stand on. Yeah. Well, and hopefully as like more States, you know, try to defy what's going on, it'll keep these lawyers, Clement and Murphy, keep them busy. Oh, 100%. They, I mean, I know I I hit this really hard, but I'm really positive for the Second Amendment rights because I see what's happening across our nation. And these guys are on the defensive Mm -hmm. hard. And they're on the defensive hard when they have all the power. Mm -hmm. When they lose the power, which, by the way, hashtag November, oh, baby, oh, baby. (laughs) They are going to, they are going to not know what to do with themselves. Yeah. Because the amount of laws that are going to start going forward If a red wave occurs, which is being predicted in polls, being predicted by existing political analysis, if I mean, and I mean, honestly, in my own interpretation, you can look at everything that is happening in our client, in our excuse me, our current climate, in the polling, in the historical polling, in the presidential polling numbers, all of it. They are heading for a iceberg, and they cannot do anything about it. Yeah, it's too close to the term. Mm -hmm. And if this goes that way. You've got states that were traditionally purple, like Virginia, just went fully red in the executive branch. They went the House of Representatives in Virginia, in the Commonwealth, went red. The Senate stayed blue, but the House went red. That Senate will probably turn red this this term in November. You've got Pennsylvania and North Carolina, both of which have Republican House and Senates with Democratic governors. North Carolina is not up for a re-election this term, but Pennsylvania is. Mm-hmm. Michigan is. Michigan has red House and Senate. And all of those states, if they flip red on the governor level, you're talking about constitutional carry. Mastriano in Pennsylvania is talking about a Second Amendment protection area, very similar to Missouri. Like these things, this is going to be impactful and you've got to be active. And you can be part of something where 10, 15 years of domination on conservative rights around guns and things of that nature could quite possibly be happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you got constitutional carry in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Louisiana, and Florida this in 2023, that puts you at 30 states. Yeah. That's three fifths. Yeah. That's insane. I know. That's enough to add an amendment to the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no kidding. You know, out of curiosity, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but who do you think might be running for president for next election? For for which for which side? On, on both sides, yeah. Uh, I don't know who the Democratic nominee is going to be. I have a few, obviously, I have a few hypotheses, but yeah. Biden, if, if Biden thinks that he's going to run, which he said he's going to run, he's going to get smoked beyond oh, I know. his wildest dream. Like, like smoked doesn't even begin to describe yeah. it. The Democrats are already coming out and saying in the media openly, I mean, even AOC was like, hey, Biden, <laughs> sit down, boo-boo. Right. <laughs> um, and... I don't know if it's Biden again, they lose by historically yeah. bad numbers. Yeah. And if it's someone else, I mean, they have a chance. You're talking about, I, I mean, I could, it won't be Kamala Harris. I, they floated the idea of Pete Buttigieg, but that ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see someone new that they're trying to raise up that yeah. hasn't been there before. Yeah. I think that it's quite likely that you'll see someone like a governor Pritzker from Chicago or from Illinois. Mm-hmm. 
you could see someone like Gavin Newsom. I have this eerie feeling that Gavin Newsom mm-hmm. is going to be in that running, yeah. which I don't want that. Yeah. I, I think you'll see those names. I bet you you'll see Elizabeth Warren run again. You probably see Amy Klobuchar run again. I don't know if Boyney's going to run again. I don't know who the Democratic ticket's going to be. It's definitely not going to be Beto because he's going to lose again yeah. in, in Texas. And then I what honestly about, don't know who the Democratic ticket is. What about I on think the, right? the Republican side? Yeah, uh, the Republican side. You've got two. I think you've got two options. Honest to God, I think. Well, actually, technically, you've got three options. I think you have a Trump. Obviously, declares again. I think that's a very high possibility. You have DeSantis who comes mm-hmm. out, but that is contingent. If Trump does not run, DeSantis wins. Yeah. Or you have the interesting scenario of a Trump DeSantis ticket with a follow up DeSantis term after Trump. That is interesting as well. My honest to God opinion, I, I, I think Trump is going to run. I don't know if that's going to be a more positive outcome for the Republican side than yeah. if DeSantis ran and yeah. Trump stayed as a kingmaker. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know because it's it's a little far out of the realm like of calculation. Mm-hmm. But I think the scenarios of those three, I think the potential is either Trump with a different running candidate, DeSantis with someone like Christy, Christy Nome, Kirsty Nome, excuse me, or Tim Scott from South Carolina, or you're gonna see a Trump DeSantis ticket. And a Trump DeSantis ticket, I don't even know what, I don't even know what would yeah. happen with that. Right. Oh my gosh, I don't even know. That would be and, and it's that would be interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if Trump runs, I think DeSantis sits it out and waits till Trump's done. And then he's a candidate in 2028. Yeah. Because DeSantis has a long run. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's doing he's well. He's like in Florida. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's kicking ass. Florida. Yeah. Man, Florida is going to be red for the next generation. Right. Because of the moves he's done. Yeah, I agree. Um, and he's not in a bad spot. So I think he's waiting to see if Trump declares. Because if mm-hmm. Trump declares, then he's going to sit it out. Because there's no there's no reason to even try, mm-hmm. and then you've got 2028 right around the corner. Once Trump either fails or becomes president again, I mm-hmm. think you've got that is a very likely scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Those moving, are my personal opinions. Yeah. No, I, I was just kind of curious. I had this conversation yesterday with somebody that I played golf with, and so you know, you keeping up to date with politics, I was just kind of curious to see like what your thoughts on that were. Mm-hmm. All right, IWI. So if you guys want a rugged, reliable gun, definitely check out the Galil Ace from IWI. I've got the Galil Gen 2 version. I think it was late last fall, chambered in 7.62 by 39. You can also get it in 556, 5.4, 5 by 39, and 7.62 NATO. I decided to SBR mine. And I put, let's say, I think I put a muzzle brake and a foregrip from JMAC Customs, as well as the stock. And the muzzle brake is just freaking intense. It's a lot of fun. It's just, I don't know, if you're looking for something, you kind of want like an AK, but you want something that's a little bit more refined and just shoots really well and is just, I don't know, like a piece of art, I would definitely check out the Galil from IWI. You could do so by heading on over to IWI.us. Don't forget, if you find any accessories in their web store, use the code GUNFUNNY15, that's all one word, and that's going to get you 15% off. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Tech 
Tacti Talk. So the gun of the future coming out of Illinois of all places, a new gun, it's quote uh, parentheses gun that legally isn't a firearm is on the market that could be a glimpse of the next big evolution of guns. North Shore Sports Club from Lake Forest, Illinois, has their CA-01 available for order now. The CA-01 is clearly a project from, I guess, geeks who love guns. As I said, it isn't a firearm. It's a coil accelerator, meaning it propels magnetic projectiles with a series of electronic coils down a barrel to launch them. That means no gunpowder, no primer, just a battery pack to propel the projectiles and best of all, no 4473 since it isn't a firearm. There have been a number of similar futuristic handheld projectile launchers developed in recent years, like a railgun, Goss rifles, but this is the first of these future weapons to truly be commercially available. It looks kind of like a short, boxy P90 with a thin rectangular barrel. The barrel's rectangular because it launches 275 grain flat discs. You get 50 of the discs in a magazine, and you can select between semi-auto, five-round burst at 2,400 rounds per minute, or full auto at 600 rounds per minute. It takes about an hour to charge the battery, which is good for about 500 shots. You can also set the velocity for 80 to 145 feet per second, which compared to a firearm is really slow. Remember, though, this is a brand new technology, so you'll likely see significant improvements in years to come. It only has a range of about 40 feet and energy of about 12 feet pounds, uh, which is about one tenth of 22 long rifles. So it's obviously not something that you would use for self-defense. MSRP on this is $1,600, which is pretty steep, especially for something that's not really a firearm. And I mean, I personally think that there's going to be quite a few different models that come out with improvements, but I don't know. It's kind of cool to see this technology out and I'm kind of interested to see how it develops over time, especially in the near future. Manicore arms. If you're looking for a muzzle brake for just about anything, definitely check out the night brake from Manicore arms. It's one of my favorites. It reduces muzzle rise and recoil in one device. And so it basically makes you look like a badass when you're shooting. You can't really absorb recoil that well. It has 18 ports on the upper half of the brake, no ports on the bottom to prevent dust blowing up if you're shooting prone. One of the great things about it is they make it for a ton of things. It'll fit half by 28 or 5 eighths by 24 threads, as well as for AKs like 24 millimeter, the Yugo crank, the pap, I mean, you name it, and it should fit that gun. Best of all, they're only $64.95, which is pretty affordable for a great muzzle device. You can check these out at manorcorearms.com. Remember to use the code AVARocks15, all one word, and that's going to get you 15% off your entire order. All right, AF segment. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. This, I'm sure, Brayden, you have a lot to add to, but California doxes gun owners. On Monday, Monday, just days after the SCOTUS decision on concealed carry, California Attorney General Rob Bonta announced the 2022 Firearms Dashboard Portal to, quote, improve transparency and information sharing for firearms-related data and includes broad enhancements to the platform to help the public access data on firearms in California, including information about the issuance of concealed carry weapons permit and gun violence restraining orders, end quote. Uh, 
Basically, the portal of all of this data was essentially leaked out. And I don't know. Do you want to do you want to talk about this, Braden, since this is like right up your yeah. wheelhouse? No, absolutely. And the first thing I'll say is like, oh, he improved transparency. All right. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> oh, mission accomplished, Rob. <laughs> yes. So the backstory on this was in September of last year. Gavin Newsom put out a, or he signed into law, a law that says access of information for gun owners in the state of California will be shared with UC Berkeley and other non-government entities that would be able to research, air quotes, gun violence, right? And already that is an insane infringement upon privacy rights, but, mm -hmm. you know, bypassing that. So the long-awaited launch even Rob Bonta came out and said, today we're improving transparency on Monday. That was on Monday. Yeah. So right when they hit the share button, go live, they didn't just say like, hey, here's some transparency. Here's some broad-based facts. They released the entire document to the public. Mm -hmm. And initially, I actually did two videos on this in one day because it got so much worse in the span of eight hours. So the, initially they said, hey, the information for concealed carry permit owners and holders just got leaked. We're investigating further. This is unacceptable, you know, party line, whatever. Well, I did a video lambasting them and basically saying like, this is so bad because the stuff that was shared was people's names, people's addresses, their race, who they were, where they lived, like all mm -hmm. of these different things, including judges, including uh, police officers. All of these people are now doxxed. One from a standpoint of exposure to security fraud, one from a standpoint of violation of, of privacy. The other part is actually like identity theft fraud. All of these things are now set up by the state government sharing a document that they never should have access to in the, to begin with. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't you know it, it went from bad to catastrophic. And later that night on Wednesday, that's Wednesday of this week, the week of this filming, they came out and said, hey, here's some updates. It turns out it wasn't concealed carry owners. It was every single person who did an application for a concealed carry permit from the years of 2011 to 2021, yeah. a decade of data. <laughs> and then they said, and we know that's really bad, but also it's everyone on the assault weapons list registry. It's everyone on the handgun roster. It's everyone who's ever had a GVRO or a gun violence restraining order against them or initiated against them. So every single person who had a gun, every single person who even applied, whether they did mm -hmm. or they did not, or they don't live in California, all of those things, every bit of it was leaked. And their response is, well, this is unacceptable and I'm, and I'm upset and this is angry. Is it? <laughs> is it, Rob? Because you have people to protect you. Yeah. Everyone else, you just listed where their families were. Mm -hmm. You listed and said, hey, there are guns here. There are valuable items here. Oh, by the way, this is what they look like. This is their name. This is their information. And coincidentally, he's angry and he's going to get to the bottom of it, probably because he's up for election at the end of this year in November. And I was so incensed by that. <laughs> oh, my God. I was so mad because I have a family. We all have families, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine if your family was leaked because this person is either a, there's only two scenarios. You're either tremendously incompetent mm -hmm. or you just got caught with malfeasance. It's one of those two. And both of those scenarios are not great. Yeah. 
it's just it's so bad and it, the timing looks really messy too because right after you got smacked around by the supreme court of the united states you accidentally leaked this two days later yeah it's i know and the thing is is like i guarantee he's not going to be held liable for this breach no not at all he'll probably get reelected too yeah I just can't believe that there isn't like a lawsuit that could form from this. Oh, there'll be lawsuits. Oh, lawsuits are 100% happening. Okay. I bet you, I bet you, you will see class action lawsuits on a scale that you could not imagine because you've got an entire 10 years of people living in the state. Their privacy was just leaked by a government entity on purpose after they announced it. Yeah. I mean, this is not like some hacker got in there and it, they messed it up and there exactly. was a breach of security. This was literally, no, you guys put this on the <laughs> internet for 24 hours. Here's the class action lawsuit. Who wants to sign up? Yeah. Every gun owner in California? Well, that's yeah. a pretty big list. Yeah. How many Bs is this going to have behind it for the settlement? Yeah. Wow. I got I got greatly vexed by that one. Yeah. I know. When I saw this, I was just like, what the hell? And if nothing else, this is another reason why there should not be like a firearm registry. Because if we're 100%. thinking like, oh, we can trust the government to, let's say we all decide like, let's have a firearms registry, which good luck tracking down the millions of guns that have not been registered. Mm-hmm. But in the rare event there is, we're going to trust the government with this information when this is like a clear example of what's going to go wrong. And now we're going to release every little gun that everyone owns. It's just correct. I mean, it's ridiculous. No, you, you are 100 percent correct. The the hypocrisy, it, it knows no bounds. Mm-hmm. It really it, it knows no bounds. Not to On mention. Oh, I mean, not to mention, I would assume that like, let's say, you know, serial numbers are released to the public. Like, yeah, this person owns this gun with the serial number. I mean, that's pretty easy to replicate. So if you wanted to set somebody mm-hmm. up. Yeah, it opens up a can of worms. That's yeah. that's, that's off the charts. I mean, yeah. if you look at the hypocrisy thing that I was about to say, like you've got Biden standing up there and saying, we need to ban all weapons that are nine millimeter. We need to ban mm-hmm. ARs. We need to ban Mac. And then turns around and sends $30 billion <laughs> to Ukraine to buy more weapons. Yeah. You, you've got blue states out the wazoo handing money to Ukraine. You've mm-hmm. got blue states handing, sending guns from blue states to Ukraine. I'm like, does anybody see the irony? Yeah. Why I are know. you sending those guns again? Oh, because a larger foreign power is trying to take your sovereignty. Yeah. Oh, well, gun, well, drum pro Ukraine. Let's give them all the guns they can have. Oh, Twitterverse. Mm-hmm. Good, goodness gracious. I know. Uh, what a week. What a week. All right. <laughs> oh, it was a week. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right, guys. It's time to wrap up iTunes reviews. I really appreciate everyone who takes the time to leave a review. And it's just nice to hear from you guys. It's nice to know that people are actually listening to the show. And I'm not just sitting here talking to myself or talking to my guest. If you guys haven't left a review, I would really appreciate it. Just head on over to iTunes. And especially if you have an iPhone, it's really easy. Just click on the iTunes app, search for Gun Funny, scroll down, and you'll see where you could leave a review. Today's two reviews are Welder51220, titled Must Listen, five stars. I've listened to every single episode. 
Each week, Ava does a great job of getting great guests from within the gun industry and has riveting conversations about what they do for the industry. Keep up the great work. Second is Beast Mode Cowboy 76 titled Hooked Five Stars. I've never been a podcast person at all. I was sick of listening to the same music all the time, so decided to look up some podcasts that might have interest me. I came across Gun Funny and am hooked. Ava and her guests talk about all kinds of topics as well as give some great reviews. All right, so Brayden, out of those two, I want you to pick a winner, either the first or the second. I feel so much pressure. I know. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I like the second one. And the reason, because I always provide the reason, they went really in-depth. They provided a lot of data to support their points, and they concluded it very nicely in a concise package. Okay, okay, I agree. I mean, it's actually, it's nice. I mean, one, number one, Welder51220, they've listened to every single episode. That's like crazy. That's 252 episodes. And oh, no, they get loyalty points. They're at least an hour long. But Beast Mode Cowboy, I mean, you don't even listen to gun podcasts. So it's like we almost like converted you. So that's like a win win. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to take the pressure off you and I'm just going to say both people are the winner. So contact me, go to gunfunny.com, click on the contact us form, and I'm going to send you guys out both a prize pack. And now it is time to wrap up. Also, guys, when this show comes out, I believe it is 4th of July. So happy 4th of July. Woohoo. Do you have any plans? <laughs> do you have, yeah. Do you have any plans for 4th of July? For me, I will be doing the fireworks, the usual. I'm going to have to get some sort of barbecued something. Yeah. I will definitely be doing my two videos of that day because that's like, that's a ho- that's a holiday right there. Right. And it's an important one for our focus and perfectly timed, by the way. And overall, just enjoying the freedoms and the blessings that we have in this country that no one else has. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I'm in a barbecue. But when I mean barbecue, when I say that means I'll have people over at my house, I'll buy some steaks, but I'm going to dedicate some, dedicate does it, oh gosh but that means i'm gonna no, as long <laughs> as long as you as as long as you don't desiccate the steak we're good uh, that, that means something very different dedicate. i'm gonna dedicate dedicate uh can you guys tell i'm so ready for i'm so ready for bed i need i i need a vacation i don't i'm not even tired it's not like i'm gonna go to bed after this because i still have a bunch of meetings and things to do i actually have this is interesting but later today i have a meeting with somebody who works at the zoo and they want me to train them every quarter well their i guess their department every quarter in case a deadly animal gets out and they have to shoot it and i always thought like well don't you just use like the dart guns you know the tranquilizers but maybe that takes too long so they want to train with 30 odd six and 12 gauge pretty crazy okay yeah So this is, you know, don't think that an instructor's job ever gets boring. It's always something new that comes up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, no. Like the story, we could do a podcast alone of firearm instructor stories. Yes. And if you ever want to call me, because I will, because I've got some stories. Oh, I know. I know. We'll figure I've been doing it now for almost 10 years. Like I've had my fair share of just random things happen. And it's just it's never a dull moment, but... You ever, you ever had a loaded AK pointed at your head on accident? Oh, yeah. Well, especially like... Oh, yeah. It was, I don't think it was an AK, but I've had lots of handguns pointed at me. Like when the oh. student when the student hits the bullseye and then they turn around, they're all excited. And, <laughs> you know... <laughs> me too, but please God, don't move. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> yeah. But anyways, going back to 4th of July, so I'll buy some steaks, but I am going to designate somebody to cook the steaks because me and the the grill, we don't really... Well, I can't say that we don't go hand in hand because the truth is, is I haven't really given it a shot. It's just one of those things that I don't really care to do. If we are ever in the same state because we're in different parts, I will hook you up on this on the steaks because I am solid on the grill. All right. I'm going to hold you to that. And you'd be surprised. I won't, des- there's, there's I won't probably... desiccate it though. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh, gosh. All right, guys. Well, it is that time to get out of here. But real quick, I want to thank the $25 Patreons. Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Sake Holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, Melissa Ridings, and King of the Patreon, Jon Snow. And thank you so much for your time. And honestly, just everything that you do for the Second Amendment. Thanks for putting in the work and fighting the good fight. And I'm definitely going to have you back on the show because you're super knowledgeable And I mean, anytime that there's something political that comes up, that's just like really, you know, exciting. I'm, I might have you back on the show. I would love it. Okay, good. I would love to. I was, I I was waiting for you to, I was waiting for you to jump in and be like, yeah, sure. And I was like, okay, cool. Perfect. Well, I I didn't want to cut you off and be like, you were saying all those nice things. I was like, no, what else you got? Yeah. Like, yeah, keep going, keep going. No, no, please, please continue. This is incredible. No, I would, uh, I would love to. It was a, it was a blast. It was fun. Good. I'm glad. This is a fight we're in together. I would love to do it again. Absolutely. And can you just remind listeners once again where they can find you on YouTube and social media? Yeah, absolutely. It's Langley Outdoors Academy on YouTube. If you go up to the search bar and you type L-A-N-G, I am the first response. And then on Instagram, it's Langley Outdoors. And I would love to see you guys there. All right. Perfect. And guys, happy fourth. And I will see you next week. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.